Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. What grade did you take sex education? Oh, man. Um, I think it was in middle school, but I believe it was an art class. Sandia Dirks covers equity issues for KQED, and she was also my co-host on the podcast American Suburb. They taught you how to put a condom on a banana. And then I remember in high school, you learned it in the same class that you learned to drive in. And you only took yeah. the sex stuff so that you could get to the driving of the car. Wow. And of course, you only drove the car so that you could probably go somewhere and have sex. All right. So today's about sex ed. Because parents in Fremont are fired up over how to teach sex ed in their schools. It's not just a matter of how young is too young to teach students how to put a condom on a banana. It's a much deeper issue tied to culture, generation, and inclusion. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. People get riled up about sex. Once again, here's KQED's Sandia Dirks. It's about the most intimate things we can do with our body. It's so vulnerable and tied up to identity. And it's also about the way in which, if you're thinking about sex as procreation, a way in which one replicates culture, right? So it's how the family defines itself and redefines itself. Why Fremont? What's what's Fremont got that other Bay Area cities don't have? Well, Fremont is an ethnoburb. It is uh, over 50% Asian, the majority of those being South Asians and Chinese families. And 70% of the kids in Fremont schools are Asian. The parents who came out to protest sex education... They're almost all Asian. They knew that the school board meeting was in the coming weeks going to decide to implement this curriculum, which had been written to align with state law. It wasn't on the school board meeting, but I was like, I'm going to show up and see what happens. And I got there and there were hundreds of parents there. Not only was the main school board meeting room like filled to the gills, but there like Five overflow rooms were all packed full of parents. Were there clear sides for who thought what? All of the parents who opposed sex ed were all dressed in white. What's the deal with white? I have no idea why white, although, you know, I was making jokes to myself that it is the color um, of, you know, so-called purity and virginity. <laughs> right, yeah. On the other side, the, the the folks who were there to talk, uh, you know, in, in support of the sex ed curriculum, they were wearing green. I don't know why. What were they saying? The majority of the Asian parents talked about how they were afraid this curriculum 
would sexualize their kids. And so many of them said this. They said, I'm afraid it will steal my kids' innocence. I still believe that a 10-year-old is innocent. I don't feel like my fifth-grade son actually needs to know what does my thing do? And actually it's actually going to kill their innocence. That is what I think. We want the children. They really felt that, you know, this was too much, too soon, too much information. They had a lot of fears that exposing kids to sex would equal kids having sex. We want the children to be children and not, it's going to create more negative impact than a positive impact. And a lot of them did relate this to being about their culture. They said, look, you know, in our culture, whether it's our, our Chinese culture or our South Asian culture, you know, we we want to talk to our children differently. We want to teach our children. We don't want schools to be telling our kids what they should do to have sex. We think that conversation should happen in the home. She told me one day that, Mom, I know all these things already because kids who attended the class talk about things like that. It's so gross. You know, that just took away my innocence. When I heard that, I was really angry because you think that you can opt out and protect your child and raise her up in a more traditional and conservative way. I know that Fremont already teaches sex ed in, I think, as early as fourth grade. So what is this all about? How would this change that? There's a new state law, basically, that says if you do teach uh, sex ed in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, it needs to be in compliance with the state curriculum. Okay, okay. So Fremont Unified, go ahead and teach sex ed, but it's got to be aligned to... Some of the standards that they've set up, that that they've declared our best practices. So what are some of these standards, and how are they different from, like, the stuff that you and I learned when we were in, I guess, high school or middle school? or gym class or whatever. I think that they're teaching puberty in a much more comprehensive way, right? They're teaching about what's going to happen to your body and maybe even your mind when you go through these incredible hormonal changes, you know, about the fact that, you know, young men may have nocturnal emissions, what we call wet dreams, about spontaneous erections, about what young women will go through in terms of um, having their periods. And one of the arguments for having this be taught at earlier levels is that statistically, um, Um, Children are going through puberty much earlier. And some of the other things that um, this this new sex ed curriculum places emphasis on is is teaching about LGBTQ issues. So teaching about diverse sexualities. And that isn't all happening in fourth, fifth and sixth grade. But the idea is to teach an inclusive sex education that teaches and discusses multiple kinds of, of sexuality, multiple kinds of sex and also about issues like consent. So how let's stick with the sexuality part. How does that how are parents reacting to that? I think a lot of them are really afraid of the language that these they see as more salacious or that they're being taught about oral sex and anal sex, which you know they say is just a shade too far. They say it's gratuitous. But, you know, some of the LGBTQ advocates, some of the pro-sex ed folks who are there say, "Look, That's the way queer folks have sex. So if you're going to teach comprehensive sex ed, you need to teach about all kinds of sex, all kinds of bodies. There's this one kid. He's 16. His name is Samir Ja. Throughout elementary and middle school, I was bullied because of being feminine, because of acting, you know, gay, and that was used as a slur. Samir grew up uh, in Fremont. He still lives in Fremont. He went to elementary school and middle school there. And he says that he was the first person to come out to his South Asian community, not just his family, but his entire community. Here in Fremont. What was that like? It was it was very scary. I, you know, I had no one else to look up to. I had no one else to, you know, talk to. But I just, you know, shared with my friends 
friends, with the parents of my friends. I just talked about my experiences uh, with bullying and I talked about, you know, how I kind of knew that I was queer and why I'm deciding to come out. And that was because I want to help kids like me. So his mom, Charmaine Hussein, she says, you know, at first it was really, really hard, but now she's her son's biggest cheerleader. I wish sex ed was made available to the parents here. I look at the sea of parents who are here in opposition because they're so fearful of diversity and it makes me really realize how important it is what my son is doing. I mean, it sounds like part of this story is that there's a generational divide. And I imagine some parents may want one thing and then their kids may want something different. So, yeah, I am. I met this one woman named Parabi Ghosh, and uh, she was telling me how for her younger kid, she really felt that he was, you know, too young and too innocent to be getting this kind of information. Uh, but she also told me that she had an 11th grader, a junior. Um, I said, would you like to be a speaker? He said, I'd like to speak for the opposing side. <laughs> and I completely <laughs> so basically... Not what she was uh, hoping to hear? Yeah, she said, she said to me later that she told him, go do your homework. <laughs> But she really does recognize that there's a difference between, you know, between the way that she feels and the way that her junior feels. And I completely get where he's coming from. He's having a lot of his friends come out now uh, who who are uh, accepting their diverse sexuality now, not a polar sexuality. They are non-polar. But my point is that is happening in high school. So did you get a sense that parents were trying to protect their kids from, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from this thing that's really about American culture, right? The way that we feel, or at least the state of California feels that sex ed needs to be taught, that's brushing up against a different generation. It's brushing up against a different place, right? Yeah. A lot of these parents really just wanted to protect their kids. They really felt like they were keeping their kids safe and they and they didn't want their kids to, you know, become sexualized, which is what they felt that this curriculum would do. We feel that the content that is being taught is very excessively sexual and it is not age appropriate. So kids who are in fourth grade who don't even know much about sex are being taught about wet dreams and a lot of other things which even high schoolers would not be thinking about. I want to say that one of the options in this, it's always been and it is now, that you can opt your kids out of sex education. So an opt-out, okay. If you don't want your kid to take sex ed, your kid doesn't have to take sex ed. Is Um, there a but in there? Well, the the parents who are opposed to the sex ed curriculum say, look, uh, if my kid opts out, they're going to learn about it anyways because kids talk. But on the flip side of that, what the pro-sex said people is, exactly, kids talk. They're going to learn about this anyway. Hmm. So there is, you know, data to show that talking about sex can actually prevent sex. But it can be hard for someone to feel that if they were never taught sex ed. So for them, it's a real cultural shift. There's something else that complicates the story, and that's the two outside groups who've gotten involved. The Pacific Justice Institute is a conservative Christian nonprofit that's actually been called a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's also fought against gay rights for years. That group is helping some parents make their arguments against comprehensive sex ed in Fremont schools. On the other side is the ACLU, which has been acting as a counterpoint to the anti-gay agenda from the Pacific Justice Institute. They've been involved in sex ed in California for a while, treating it as a civil rights issue 
and arguing for LGBTQ inclusion. There's another school board meeting in Fremont tonight. Parents are expected to show up, but there's no timeline to approve a new sex ed curriculum in the school district. It's become that controversial. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Two of my favorite KQED podcasts, Bay Curious and The Cooler, are teaming up and they're taking a field trip this week to find out the origins of 420. Hey, Stoner. Hey. You ready to hotbox this car? Subscribe to The Cooler and Bay Curious wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.